Before we get to the episode, we want you, dear listener, to ask yourself a question. What have you done these past two years? You know, the pandemic hit us all really hard. What have you really done other than perfect that matzo ball soup recipe of yours? Nothing. Now, we all want to add purpose and meaning to our life, and we just, we have the way to really, really make your dreams come true. If you're listening, you're likely interested in Israel with hopes of traveling here soon. Well, lucky for you, we've got the scoop on Masai's real journey. With an amazing range of life-changing opportunities in Israel, Masai has many, many programs. They've got gap year programs, academics, internships, volunteering, and careers. The pandemic didn't stop them either, promoting options to study remotely while living in Israel. You don't have to be fluent in Hebrew or break your bank account. They even supply partial funding so you can make a positive impact on the world. You can fuel your passion and you can make your travel dreams a reality. Go to MasaIsrael.org and find out more. This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. collaboration with Australian Jewish News. Check them out at ajn.timesofisrael.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com. Hi. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Hello, hello. What's going on? You know, not bad. Just calling in from around the corner from Katz's Deli. That's that's our first Zoom episode ever in five uh, and a half years. No? No, you remember correctly, sir. I think I was in quarantine last time as well, actually. We did one like in that? Israel, we did a we did ah, a Ah, right. Right, but you had a microphone, but I brought you a microphone. Yeah. That's true. Today they're going to have to suffer through some uh, shittier sound quality. Yeah. So we apologize for the format we apologize to our listeners for the format but uh, i and my wife sharon are stuck in new york city not a bad place to be stuck but uh, we're stuck in new york city because on our honeymoon which was two and a half two years late a year and a half late we both caught covid and can now not return to our home country <laughs> i mean you can return ah uh, no you can't actually no no, no they can't. won't let you board the plane right They won't let us get on the plane back. Both, both the airline and the Israeli government mm-hmm. won't allow us back. So we have to wait 10 to 11 days, basically, um, so that we're considered recovered. Right. So, yeah, it's been crazy. Where have you been traveling be- before? We were traveling. We started in New York City. Then we went uh, south to Washington. And then we went for a couple of nights, about five nights, actually, down into Nashville, Tennessee, hmm. uh, Music City, home of country music. And, uh, and that is, yeah, where we got the band. I always band. thought you were a classical music kind of guy. Well, actually, they have a class. It's funny. They have a classical music. They have like, a, you know, the symphony. They have hmm. like a classic music hall. in uh nashville but no one goes there <laughs> everybody's like everybody's down the street at the honky tonks where it's just you know, <laughs> like people with cowboys and boots on singing about you know i don't want to say what they're singing about but yeah you can imagine it's foul it's foul um but yeah now we're back up in new york city it is minus 10 degrees outside so it's colder than an eskimo's asshole and it is basically there's nothing to do Um, so yeah, that's the situation, but hopefully we will be back in Israel next week. God willing. That's, that's the plan. Knock on wood. Yeah. But it's not much better back in Israel, apparently. Right. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, sick people and it's, it's been, um, it's been weird. It, it, it really has been weird. I don't know. What's the situation in Israel? So the they lost count, basically. They, don't, they have no <laughs> idea how many sick are there every day. They, um, they do, no longer allow you to take a PCR test if you're below 60. Um, so they have no idea how many sick 
are there. So now uh, there are some academy people who provide estimates. So they oh, estimate great. that yesterday we had 100,000 infections, but... One million people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So like it's speculative as hell. Nobody knows. The TV keeps using numbers that are everybody knows the numbers are not real, right? Because they only take the official numbers, but everybody knows it's not the real numbers. So why do you so what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. You know, I realized something that a lot of this craze, a lot of this craziness is caused by the fact that people are playing along with the craziness. Meaning, if to begin with, and and it just dawned on me, people are getting checked. Yeah. That's where it all starts. If you don't test yourself, which we wouldn't have done two years ago, most of the people in the conditions that they are wouldn't have gone and get a test and gotten a test for what they have. If people would just stop getting tested, this whole craziness would be now what people will tell you is, well, I'm saving my grandparents' lives. It's like, they're the only reason their grandparents aren't dropping dead because they tested their kid for COVID. Right. Yeah. Uh, Now, now many, I think many people in Israel, that's what they're doing right now. So they test at home and then they, you know, they don't tell anyone. But or, why? Yeah. Why even test at home? Just, just don't test. Yeah, you know, but uh, it's been chaotic here with the testing. Like everybody's complaining about the testing because there are huge queues and people are tweeting. I'm in a queue for a test and everybody's scoffing at me. So like you're going to get infected in, in the queue. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. And yeah. someone else uh, tweeted um, that there's a whole mess of the kindergartens and schools. That's another huge issue now in Israel because nobody knows what to do. Um, if you're, if it's a vaccine, if it's above vaccination, vaccination age, then if a kid gets sick, you test your kid and you send him back if he's vaccinated. But uh, if you're below five, it's complete chaos. So theoretically, if you're five, you can get vaccinated, right? So your kid can get can be sent to uh, quarantine for a week, okay. and then he can go back to the kindergarten for one day. Then another kid is is uh, confirmed. Then he goes to another week. So so parents have their kids for weeks at home. Yeah, I I, I have a friend from from work that basically said that he's just not sending his kids to school because. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? Yeah, many people do that. And And it all starts from one asshole parent that tested their kid and is like, my kid's positive for COVID, everybody. It's like, fuck you. Just don't test them. Stop testing your kid. If your kid is sick, I don't think you should send him to the kindergarten. Yeah, just keep him Uh, home. You don't need to test test him if uh, you know, but yeah. But, you know, I don't need to know. I don't need to know because right now it's basically just a formality. And that's what I'm saying is keep your kid home. If he's sick, that was always a good way to, to live your life. Yeah. It was always a nice thing to do. Keep your kid home if he's sick and that's it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. If you want to be extra safe, if the, if the bro, if, if the kid's brother or sister, or if you are sick, you can also keep him at home just to be extra safe. Yeah, that's like yeah. The if you want to test, if you want to test because your family is at risk, and I don't know, you want to know if whether or not it's safe to take him to your grandparents or whatever. Fine, that's I'm not saying don't, but like the whole culture of like testing and sharing with the whole world. Hey guys, I'm COVID positive. Right, like we had to because we can't make it back home without a test. Right, but otherwise, what's the point? uh what's the situation in the states what did you see like restrictions wise and stuff i gotta tell you man it's amazing the differences so first of all the difference between the u.s and israel is amazing no one here gives a shit about (laughs) anything and like they're not not in sports no so masking in new york is uh, you have to wear a mask Mm -hmm. everybody's wearing a mask on the subway you you know it's required there's signs everywhere they have this whole mta uh, campaign with like signs about how 
amazing of a human being you are if you wear a mask and how, you know, if you don't wear a mask, you're an awful, you're awful um person. Yeah. Um, and so you have to wear a mask in businesses in public areas. You don't have to wear a mask during outside sex. a lot during sex. You must in, in public orgies. It's, it's required to wear a mask. You can exchange bodily fluids, sexual body fluids, but you still have to be wearing a mask because that's dangerous. Um, no, but you have to wear a mask in, in everywhere except for outside, but a lot of people wear masks outside as well. It warms your uh, face up. So yeah, the truth is in the winter, it's actually kind of nice because it really, it keeps you warm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then vaccination IDs, like that proof of vaccination are required at most restaurants that we've mm -hmm. been to. And also at some, uh, some like, um, like to get on the ferry to the Statue of Liberty, I think we had to show our vaccine. Right. But certain certain public, like not the booster can, shot, like in Israel. No, just two, just, just two. two. Yeah. Um, but certain areas, like certain places, like museums and, and such, weren't we didn't get checked. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's in New York, but generally, like quarantine and things like that are not enforced and can't be enforced right uh, because of the the way the united states is so no one's checking if you're quarantined or if you're not going outside even in new york even in new york no one knows and on flights you know they you have to attest to not having tested positive or whatever in a certain time period um, and to not having symptoms, but no one's checking whether you don't have to provide within the United States to fly from one state to another. You don't have to provide, um, you don't even have to provide proof of vaccination. Mm -hmm. You don't have to provide proof of vaccination. You don't have to provide a negative test. You don't have to do anything like that. Right. You can fly from anywhere to anywhere pretty much freely. The CDC recently changed their policy. Now, after five days of, uh, Of being positive, yeah. you can go out and it's actually and five. It's actually five days since symptoms appeared. Right. So it, you you could test positive today, but your symptoms started two days ago. So you only need to quarantine for another right. three days. You're in Israel. It was thing, 10 days and now it's seven. The funny thing is, though, no one can tell you when your symptoms started. That's all. It's up to you. So the CDC, right. even the CDC, it's guidelines. They're not really requirements. There's no law that it's they're enforcing. It's recommendations. But I got to tell you, Israel, guys, if you don't know, it's 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 not even it's worse than a law. I had a Twitter argument about it. If it was a law, I would say, okay, you know, the the the, the parliament uh, voted on it. Uh, but it's not even that. It's a uh, it's it's uh, like a decree signed by the Minister of Health, and it's based on a British law for, from 1945, from the mandate, which is called the Public Health uh, Decree. So it's literally a law form legislated by a dictatorship force, by a conquering force uh, here in, 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 in Palestine and Israel, pre-state. And they just kept this law, and, and this is the law they use now. How, why would how? anybody why would anybody keep anything inherited by the Brits? I have no idea. <laughs> Except fish and chips. Fish and chips is pretty fish and, chip. fish and chips, yeah, yeah. But I would call them fish and fries, but whatever. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, it's just unbelievable what's going on in Israel. But I gotta tell you the biggest difference mm -hmm. is the one between Israel and Nashville okay. or the South. <laughs> It's also pretty big between New York and Nashville, but, but yeah, the, the, that's the biggest contrast in Nashville. Nobody really cares. I mean, we did for certain venues, we had to show proof of vaccination and, and still it's funny because Nashville is a, it's a city, right? So a lot of the cities in the United States are still liberal, right? It doesn't matter mm -hmm. where you are. Generally urban areas are going to be, are going to skew liberal, um, So, so it's still, it's still kind of liberal. So you have to show vaccination proof, but no one's wearing a mask. Basically no one, even after you get in with the proof of vaccination to a specific, to a place, a lot of people remove their masks. They're walking around without masks. No one cares. Uh, the doctor that we went to, to test for COVID, 
he knew that we were positive. He kind of fist bumped us. He was sitting in the room with us. He was totally relaxed. He was 65. He's actually a veterinarian. Veterinarian? Yeah, he's a veterinary doctor. Yeah, he he gave us dog treats afterwards. (laughs) Weird. No, but he was relaxed. He was just kind of, you know, he was yeah. he was laid back. He might be dead today from Omicron because of no, I'm kidding. But but what the, do you say to okay? The just the approach seemed to me a lot more sane and rational and just laid back instead of this crazy hysteria. But aren't taking- you alarmed by the hospitalization rates in in America? Now, the truth is, in Nashville, the numbers are much better than in. Uh, in uh, places like D.C. and uh, New York. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And I, I don't think that that necessarily has to do with liberal policies. I think it, a lot of it has to do with just the density. I think a lot of the stuff that's happening about COVID has so much less to do with the things that we think we're controlling and more to just do with constant factors, right? Like, like constant variables, like the density, the density of a city. Israelis or, love to hug. Yeah, cultural differences. There's not much we can do to control this virus except for vaccinate. Uh, Even that doesn't some, help with Omicron. Yeah, it doesn't stop it. So it's about time, in my mind, that we get back to life, and I think that. This has gone on for too long. I mean, I, I refuse to live like this for, for any longer. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mask up anymore in Israel. I'm not going to, personally, I'm not going to live by these dictates. It's I just read that years. in Sweden, uh, there's a guy who tweets from Sweden and Israeli, and he just said, in Sweden, nobody wears a mask, regardless yeah. of the situation. They just refuse to because he says it, it, um, how, do, how would you say that in English? Like internalizes internalizes the the, the epidemic, yeah. in people's minds and morally it's 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 bad. But uh, it's interesting in in China, what's what's happening now? What's going on? Super interesting. So they are locking down whole cities, tens and tens and tens of millions of people of people, uh, because of the Omicron probably um like one case in a city boom the whole city is locked down and people are starving to death uh, basically people can't go out uh and there's a humanitarian crisis so i think it's worth uh, mentioning like the founding fathers of the whole lockdown ideology and um it's pretty bad i I suggest people google this about the lockdowns in china because just now uh yesterday the third like 20 million people town uh, went under lockdown. And another amusing story is Australia uh, with the t- tennis player whose name is impronounceable, Jakovovic or something like that. And yeah, they wouldn't let him in and he uh, appealed. And uh, now I think the, the court uh, said he can go in. But in Australia, after two years of being in lockdown, the cases now are skyrocketing, which is, to me, it's it's pretty, it's pretty nice to see. (laughs) I don't want to be mean, but. I think that it's, it's. uh, Inevitable. And it's ironic. It's ironic because Hugo Weaving is Australian. Who? Hugo Weaving, who who plays uh, Agent Smith. He's Australian. Uh, So it is inevitable. (laughs) It is. It is. But I I think what's happening in Australia is kind of, it really is an abomination. It's crazy that they're locking down their citizens in such a way. They're not allowing them out. I mean, some of the, some of the testimonies that are coming out of Australia are just insane. I have the craziest story. So uh, two people bought our mugs from Australia and I went to the post office to ship them. And the clerk tells me, no shipments to Australia. Turns out the bastards just closed their borders for packages from all over the globe. For more than a month, no packages are going in. So you, you imagine? Even... Wow. Nobody Absolutely. talks about it. It's crazy. It is absolutely it's insane. insane. No, what's it's going insane on in that two Jews in Australia cannot enjoy 
are perfect to enjoy. Be yes. <laughs> I mean, what does the world come to if there's no BDS tier mugs in Australia? Seriously, it's unbelievable. What's going on in Australia really is insanity, though. It really is just yeah. absolutely crazy. Uh, but honestly, Israel isn't too far off from that. No, it is. It is. We, we are better off. There are no real off. restrictions, no real lockdowns. Um, the only thing left is the isolations and people are rebelling. So I think this, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy to maintain. People are rebelling like hell. So what's, what's surprising is that, you know, and it, it, it pains me to say this, but if BB Benjamin Netanyahu was in power right now, I think the situation as far as lockdowns and restrictions would be much worse. Uh, and it pains me to say this because, you know, for you, for some of you, some of you have been listening to us for a while and know already that I voted for Bennett and I was very disappointed that he became prime minister because of the concessions that he made. But I have to say, not that I approve of what he's doing. I think what it, a lot of the things that he's doing is awful. I mean, basically trying to force vaccination down people's throats and, and, and a lot of the restrictions are still in place with the green pass and, and similar things. And he's, he's causing, he's, he's really overstepping the boundaries that I think government should be allowed to, uh, to step over. And, um, but with all that said, from the, the, at least from the things that Benjamin Netanyahu is saying, uh, it seems like it'd be much worse under him. I mean, he was calling for lockdowns. He was calling to control the virus, right? There would probably be lockdowns if he was in power. And uh, now he's, ta- he's, he's calling on Bennett to, to provide financial aid to independent, uh, basically freelancers, people who are independently employed, um, it, which is just totally antithetical to everything you should stand for. I mean, he's a right-wing politician, right-wing economics. And all of a sudden he's speaking as if, you know, as if there should be this welfare state that's supposed to hoist up, you know, people during a pandemic. To me, it's really surprising. I'm not going to ask for you to comment on this, uh, but <laughs> I just felt like it had to be said. Noted. Um, anyway, enough about COVID, man. Yeah, enough about COVID, guys. Thanks for sticking up until now. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> But I will say to sign it off, yeah. whatever you can do, I feel like now is the time. And I really do believe this. I feel like now is the time to resist. It ha- this, this craziness has to be resisted wherever you, you are. You had an apocalyptic visions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see a bright future ahead of us unless we stand up now and we say, you know, I'm not wearing a mask. It doesn't, if it means I'm going to get a fine, then that's fine. I'll fight the fine. If it means I'm going to have to go to court, even if it means, and I know this is, you know, I haven't been in this situation yet, so I'm wary to, to, to say it. But even if it means I have to go to jail, like we need to stop complying with this craziness. Um, For you, it's a win-win things. situation. So butt sex and or, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's a... and, and, and win, 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 because you guys get rid of me. But uh <laughs> But uh, but seriously, we have to stop putting up with this bullshit. Yeah. Stop wearing masks. Stop, you know, going to businesses that, that require vaccination. Uh, I still wear a mask. I, I'd wear a mask. Uh, wear a mask if you want to. But I'm saying yeah. don't wear a mask if you don't want to. Right. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Emma Watson. Uh, God, you mean Hermione? Hermione grown Granger. Grown up AKA, Hermione. Yeah um she posted on instagram uh let's read her post what do you say let's read it it's not very long yeah it's got a couple of verbs in it though um indeed let's see emma watson so it's an image and a text so the image says it shows a pro-palestinian demonstration and it's and there's a blob saying Solidarity is a verb. And the text goes, the status goes, 
It's a quote, solidarity does not assume that our struggles are the same struggles or that our pain is the same pain or that our hope is for the same future. Solidarity involves commitment and work as well as the recognition that even if we do not have the same feelings or the same lives or the same bodies, we do live on common ground, end quote, by poet uh, Sarah Ahmed. Oh God. So uh, ex-Israeli ambassador to the UN, uh, Danny Danone, tweeted, um, he tweeted, he, he posted a screenshot of the post and he tweeted 10 points from Gryffindor for being an anti-Semite. <laughs> and, this, and this was, and then uh, all hell broke loose. Yes. How, thousands and thousands of shares and retweets. Headlines in all the um, the British newspapers, all of them, headlines yeah. about that. How dare he call Emma Watts? And also many, you know, from our Two Night Jewish Boys account on Twitter, follow guys, you should follow it. I went to see what people uh, comment on, on Ambassador Danone's uh, tweet. Also how people, you know, people quote, retweet, do quotes. Yeah, and share the tweet with their their text. So many Jews also shared it, saying this does not represent us. This causes damage. This is not anti-Semitism. You are uh, blaming the known for for blasphemy, basically. Yeah. So what is your take on that? I think that the uh, I think it's just ridiculous. I don't think that she's very educated on the subject. If she is, generally my take on this is either it's stupidity or it's malice. So either she's completely uneducated, she has no idea what she's talking about. And but that's given her very much so the, the, the benefit of the doubt, right? I don't that's think so. I think that that's more likely the case, but I think it's still, uh, it's still very harmful. And I think it may be even more harmful than malice, meaning malice, there's not much you can do about, right? Mm-hmm. You're just a shitty person uh that supports terror and supports you know people who want to annihilate the jewish state but if you're ignorant then it's it's a seriously harmful thing because then you're supposedly a good person that is supporting an awful cause like it's like i wouldn't know what i was talking about in world war ii and i would say you know um nazi uh expansionism is a god-given aryan right and I would just, you know, I don't know what I'm talking. Just I don't know being solidarity with, uh... yeah, just being, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, standing beside my Nazi brethren. Um, that's kind of that's just it's an it's so it's stupidity, but it's just it's worse in a sense, um, because it's like promoting an evil cause without even knowing what you're doing. Yeah, to me, it's it's like I have more respect for evil doers who are aware of their evil than for idiots who are promoting Look, evil. When you post a photo of demonstrators holding signs of free Palestine, you, you just got to realize that when someone says or tweets free Palestine, and especially when Palestinians say free Palestine, they do not mean the 67 lines. They do not mean yeah. that. They mean the entire land. And you can tell it because... If you look at photos from the Palestinian Authority's headquarters, you can see the map of their of their Palestine, which is our our map, like the entire land. Yeah. And that's the Palestinian Authority. That's not even right. Hamas. That's the moderate option. That's the moderate uh, way. Air quotes. Um, so when you when you post a photo of demonstrators holding free Palestine signs, uh, you basically say, uh, "Kill all the Jews." and or expel all the Jews from, from Israel. Because if they get the entire land, we will either be shot in the head or uh, exiled back to wherever we came from. In your case, it's Morocco. I may be better off. Um, <laughs> I mean, you will be better off because if you look, I mean, you can... Solidarity with the Palestinians you don't need to look any further than all of the other Arab states in the Middle East and look at their Jewish population reduction over the last, you know, uh, century, basically. 
And if you look at Morocco, you look at Egypt, you look at Syria, you look at Lebanon, you look at Iraq, you look at Iran, you look at any of these Arab states, Arab or, or Muslim states. Judenrein. There's basically. basically ethnic cleansing over the last 100. Basically, it's the most thorough ethnic cleansing that ever happened on the face of the earth. Meaning the second more, most. Second most. <laughs> no, it's even more thorough than the Holocaust. Maybe. It's more thorough. I mean, the Holocaust, 6 million Jews perished, and it was a tragedy, and it was awful. I'm not saying it's more tragic. I'm just saying as far as ethnic cleansing goes, it was more effective. Meaning basically 100%, like 99.7% of all Jews in Morocco, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Iran, all of the Muslim states in the area are gone from those states. There are no more Jews. Yeah. You see these articles that are like, almost comical about like a Jew in Afghanistan is still there with his, with his Torah scroll. And there's, it's just one guy meaning they completely ethnically cleansed all the Jews from all of these countries. And that's exactly what will happen in uh, Palestine. And, and as far as it reaches, whether it's from the river to the sea or whatever part of Israel Palestine becomes, there will be zero Jews there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's despicable on Emma Watson part. Uh, kudos to Danny Danone. And uh, honestly, it's just it's just ridiculous to see this stuff. I mean, how many times like this is what gets to me is that Hamas and uh, not Hamas, the Palestinians generally. And we got a lot of shit for talking about the fact that the Palestinians have a culture of violence. But the Palestinian leadership and the Palestinians in general, it's Nazi-level culture. They talk about murdering Jewish children, about murdering Jews, about cleansing the Jewish people. It's, they haven't reached action-wise the level of the Nazis. But they can't. If they could, they would. Yeah, but if they could, they would. Their rhetoric, and a lot of times their, their actions as far as terrorism goes, but their rhetoric is certainly Nazi-level anti-Semitic shit. And you have people who are supposed to be educated in light. Not people. to mention, yes. it's, it's deeply rooted in, in their history because their, their first leader, Hajamin al-Husseini, met Hitler and he helped the Nazis. He was a spiritual guide, guide to them. He strolled all around the Third Reich. Um, and co-conspiring our extinction. Yeah. Um, so Google that, guys. There's a picture of him with Hitler. The first Mufti of Jerusalem, right? Yeah, he was he was the leader of the Palestinians for for many years, and he conspired with Hitler. He was a co co Nazi, basically. Yeah. So that's not like far fetched, you know, from some for, from nowhere. No, it certainly isn't. And it's so, that's what, that's what I'm saying is it doesn't make sense to me how it's so, like if you spend, I don't know, an hour really researching the Palestinian culture and you spend an hour really researching the Israeli culture, how it isn't clear as day that, you know, one side is stuck in, not, not even in the Middle Ages, in the dark ages and one side is like an enlightened moral like ethical you know god-loving life-loving people and the other side is just this violent death-mongering bloodthirsty mob like it's it's not that's what i'm it's like people hear that and they're like how could you speak but it's so clear just go do some research just go do some research right. What else? What else? <laughs> what else? Some it's positive stuff. Okay. Some positive stuff. What's let's, on the let's, agenda? Let's uh, let's be a little bit let's be a little bit more optimistic about okay. uh, about life and about our future. Okay. Uh, ah. Yeah. So it's not that yeah. optimistic though, but um, <laughs> uh, there was a scene uh, earlier, or maybe last week in the Knesset. Uh, where uh, the head of the of the Knesset seat was uh, Ahmed Tibi, I think. 
Um, not maybe not. No, it was it was Mansour Abbas. Because he's been, the uh, vice head of the Knesset, right? Yes, but when the head of the Knesset isn't present, so one of the vices manages the, conve- the yeah, convention. Yeah. So Mansour Abbas sat there and Ahmad Tibi gave a speech. And for a moment, for, for several minutes, they talked between themselves in Arabic. And there was a whole discussion around it. First of all, if, is, if is it cool, if it is cool that... Um, the Israeli Arab members of Knesset um, make speeches and talk in Arabic where most of the people who, who watch the Knesset can't understand what they're saying. That's question number one. Question number two, should, it is, should we strive to, for our children to speak Arabic as fluently as possible? So what do you think about that? Uh, no and yes. <laughs> so I think, I think that, that it's not, um, it's not legitimate. The language of the state of Israel is Hebrew and it should be taught and spoken, uh, in all, in all the official institutions, right? So if you're in school, then, uh, then Hebrew should be spoken and should be taught. And if you're in the Knesset, that is the official language of the state of Israel. And it should you should not be at the podium of Israel's legislative uh, branch or, you know, parliament and speaking Arabic. That's just ridiculous. I do think that Arabic can be of a secondary uh, status. And I think that that's what it should be. And I think that that goes to your second question. I think our kids should be taught. I'm all for learning as many Engl- as many languages as, as possible. But honestly, I would teach my kids English before I would teach them Arabic. I mean, right? right? Like English is going to be a much more valuable skill for them in today's world. I would teach them Chinese before I taught them Arabic. Like English is going to be... I would teach them be- Italian before... English I'm all for teaching our kids another language and for that language to be a language that's widely spoken in the region that they live I think is also there's a benefit to that yeah look uh, uh, we were we were taught Arabic in uh, middle school for like two or three years that's obligatory and then if someone wants they can take uh, an expansion in high school many few do uh, not not many do, um, but uh, so you have the option, right? But but kids don't want to learn Arabic, and I cannot blame them. Um, and you know, right? today because with the, with with relations with the UAE and Bahrain, like it might actually be useful. You know, for like sure, the, for sure, of course, it could be useful. But but look to me, you you. It's, it's a question of personal taste, but to me, like studying French or, or Italian gives you so much more value. Um, like it gives you, it opens the door to culturally, to, to cultural worlds that to me as a Westerner, uh, you know, are, are, are more important. Of course, English. Let's put English aside for a second. I'm talking about third and fourth languages. For, okay. So I think uh, Spanish, French, Italian, German even. And even Russian, for for a Westerner who wants to be an educated and wants, you know, I think they bring much more value, right? They won't bring you political value like Arabic would. Um, I think I think maybe from a non-academic perspective, meaning if you're talking about academically, then Arabic is, could be a super interesting, it could, you know, to understand the Arabic, the Arab world, yeah, the Muslim world. Course. Like, no, but, but I'm talking like the average Joe, like the average Joe who raises a kid and wants him to be like an enlightened and an educated kid, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think, but generally speaking, I don't think you know, it, like, if 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 I align it with my take on education, I don't think education should be mandated by the state. And so I think that yeah, it's not about that. Just, like as a yeah, parent, I'm, th- I'm saying yeah. as a parent, what would you prefer? 
regardless yes, of definitely food. definitely but i think that generally speaking schools should just be you know they should offer like you're saying by demand the option offer whatever Options. language yeah. kids wants to kid wants to kids want to learn and whatever kids want to learn more there will be more of and that's it or whatever parents want their kids to learn more of uh, and that's how it is in the states by the way there's extracurricular there's language is an extracurricular thing mm -hmm. and you can learn a second language and there's spanish there's french um new york jewish yes yeah. yiddish <laughs> yiddish yeah uh yiddish is a, actually a first language in a lot of the schools around here uh, -huh. uh but yeah that's oh, yeah okay. so when what are else? you getting back to us when am i getting back hopefully we're getting on a flight on the 13th um which is in like two and a half days mm -hmm. getting on a flight actually 72 hours from now hopefully. give me some I can't tell you, man. I miss it so much. But we just want to get back already. You know, this wasn't planned. This wasn't a planned part of the vacation. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will say I've had my fair share of Dunkin' Donuts. Oreos. And uh, hamburgers and pizza. What's and the best thing you've eaten like in New York? Wow. Wow. What is the best thing we've eaten in New York? It's a tough one, but I'd have to say it's probably we we went to this uh, this uh, dumplings place in Chinatown called Nam Wa Tea Parlor. Wow, man! Wow, we got like chicken dumplings and chicken soup and fried dumplings and you know steamed dumplings and egg rolls and it's like it's not the It's not the classic American Chinese, which is like, you know, sweet and sour chicken with fried rice in like uh, one of those paper containers. It's like proper Chinese immigrants in Chinatown. You know, they, they serve chicken feet there. Um, and it was just we didn't obviously touch the chicken feet, but it was it's amazing. And you get this this tea on the side. It's just so good. So like good. what like you miss the most eating in the in the states like the first thing that you had to right because you haven't been for for how long a decade or something no no i was back in this i was in the states in 2019 for mm, okay all oh, right right um but the thing i miss the most is is probably it's funny it's probably the flip side of that like the the classic shitty junk food fast food chinese american mm. chinese food you know like sweet and sour chicken and like yeah like uh yeah so that's that's probably that's probably number two and then there's of course there's all the junk food man there's like yeah. the five guys and the dunkin donuts and i've it's amazing i never realized how unhealthy they are each donut is 250 calories so i had, I had three donuts the other day that's like half of your day's calories if you're like trying to watch your weight or something like that's 750 calories that's so much but they're so they're so easy to eat man they're so easy they just melt in your mouth it's delicious <laughs> uh, okay yeah okay. i'll miss america i'll miss america but it's about time to get home yeah it's about time yeah. we need you on the civil war man we need you here god god forbid god forbid it won't happen But things don't look good, man. It seems like all over the world, people are entrenching themselves or trenching themselves in like further and further, more, more and more polarized ends, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, and it feels like, it feels like we've reached the end of conversation, you know? Yeah. Which is never. Paul uh, saying 60%. Of Israeli support uh, President Macron's uh, strategy to make the life of the non-vaxxed miserable. Yeah, embitter. Yeah. Embitter the lives. Yeah. Which it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like. Especially now when Omicron is a vax killer, right? It still protects you from, from uh, disease. But if you're below 40, below 30, 
it's your chances of getting uh, severe disease is slim anyway. Yeah, but you know what, to me, it's like, even if this was a regular vaccine, I think that it would be a, a, an absolute abomination, an absolute like, um, just, just like transgression of basic civil liberties to force people to inject their themselves with a substance. It, it's just, it, it goes against everything that I think America stands for. And I think that any freedom loving democracy should stand for. But the thing is this vaccine and it's, it's unacceptable. I've had three of them, so no one can tell me I'm anti-vax, but, but it's, it's like, it's unacceptable to talk about, you know, you can't even say it, which I think is the worst place you can get to in a scientific discussion. Like science should never be at a place where you're not allowed to say something. It's just unbelievable. It's the same place climate science is at and the whole discussion around climate. But these vaccines, no one can reject the fact that they are not fully tested. They're not, no one knows. I don't think anyone denies that. But no, but no, that's the thing. Are you kidding? You cannot say that the vaccines are not safe or that there is a question about their safety. It's unacceptable to say in most circles in both the US and in Israel. To question the safety of the vaccines is the biggest faux pas right now. And the thing is, there are a lot of questions. Of course, there are a lot of questions. This didn't go through the rigorous testing that most vaccines go through. It's a new technology. And even the testing that it did go through raised some concerns about, you know, myocarditis in kids and 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 things like that. Period problems for women. Yeah, so you have no idea what this is going to do in the long run. And again, I have weighed my risks against my the benefits, and I have you know determined that for myself, and I think every person should do this, that it's it's worthwhile getting the vaccine. I think the third and the fourth dose are probably just useless, but but to think that you can embitter the lives of certain people if they don't get it. That's it's like medieval. No? Uh yeah. Yeah, I think it's it, I think it's it's just it's just stupid. Like what what's what what are you going to get from that? Like they the people who haven't vaccinated by now violence will not deter them. On the contrary, you you yeah. you're distancing them. I think yeah. you need to do the exact opposite. I would, you know, if I were, um, if I were a big TV uh, news CEO, I would every night I would do an anti-vax TV show where I would invite like prominent anti-vaxxers for discussion with professionals and have them debate. Yeah, have them absolutely. debate about it. Have them talk about it. It's like 101 of relationships, right? Like if you get in an argument with anybody, but especially with your significant other or your, or your spouse, the number one thing you're not supposed to do is put an ultimatum on the table, right? You're not supposed to do either you do this or I'm leaving or I don't know what, right? And instead here in Israel, very prominent doctors always complain that Facebook should ban those people who spread the, the, the misinformation, so they're always trying to shut them up. Instead, I would I would indulge in a conversation with them and try to explain to them why they're wrong. And also, you know, reaffirm some of their truths because I, I, I'm sure you can find some truths like the truth that that some things we don't know, right? It's it's just it's just a fact. Some things we do not know. We it's all a risk assessment. Uh, basically. And of course, I'm sure that all doctors would very much rather, right, if they could put push the pause button on COVID and they could test the vaccine for another decade, uh, the doctors, not maybe not the, the medicine companies who make money, but the actual professionals, they would test it. The, the CDC, for example, they would rather, or the FDA, they would rather test it for another decade, right? They, they, they simply, it's circumstances. 
that 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 forced them to make a very hard decision. And so, yeah, it should be debated, and uh, it's it's a pity that uh, we we go to violence so 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 fast. But yeah, no, it's it is a pity. Uh, you should be the head of a television network, and I also think it doesn't make sense that forever we hated the pharmaceutical companies. And now we're like, there are gods so quickly. Everybody, you know what I mean? Like two years ago, before the pandemic, there was tons of news about how pharmaceutical, yeah, the opioid crisis, how pharmaceutical companies were opening drugs and how they're the devil, basically. And then all of a sudden, there are these life-saving, don't need to ask questions, just trust them. Right. It's like children, like there's no middle ground of like, I don't trust them. And I also don't think they're evil. I think we should all think for ourselves. There's no, none of that is exists today in today's discourse. Yeah. Okay, oh. good. Have a safe uh, flight back. Thank you. Thank um, you. I'll bring, if- I'm going to bring my, my, my gift to you. I'm bringing you something I didn't tell you. I'm bringing you back from the States, Delta Cron. Aiton <laughs> Cron. It's, it's my gift to you. It's a oh, souvenir. Thank thank yeah. You. Just make sure you yeah. spit it in my mouth. <laughs> That's uh, disgusting, but I might have to make an exception. Before uh, we go, guys. Yes. Uh, we are sponsored by. First of all, by Massa. So thank you, Massa, for sponsoring this episode, guys. Check them out, massaisrael.org, for great opportunities uh, to come to Israel for internships. Highly, highly recommended. Second of all, Times of Israel. Uh, yeah, the, 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 well, Times of Israel, ajn.timesofisrael.com. Yeah, the Australian Jewish news. Yes. Yeah. So ajn.timesofisrael.com. They have a lot of great uh, uh, opinion pieces and news pieces from the Australian angle. You probably read a lot about what's going on with COVID in Australia. So check them out, ajn.timesofisrael.com. We also are, this podcast is made in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, uh, israelnationalnews.com. Check them out. Uh, Our episodes go up on there, but they also have their own great content. So check them out, israelnationalnews.com. And of course, we do this on our free time. Uh, So if you want to help us out, donate to the podcast by going to 2njb.com slash donate. Yes. And buy the mugs. Go to 2njb.com slash merch and buy a mug or two. Get more than one and get a discount. Unless you yeah. live in Australia and we can ship it. But if you live in Australia, you can buy it. And I promise we will ship it as soon as possible when, you're, when your strange country decides to open the borders. Um, also, guys, if you listen on Spotify, please, please rate the podcast on Spotify. They just uh, opened the rating option. So this would yeah. mean a lot. And that is it. Thank you so okay. much. It was a pleasure. And uh, see you next time, guys. Bye, guys.